Welcome to Business Unfiltered, where we dive into the raw and unfiltered world of running a business with Mercer and Jeff Sauer. Grab a seat for this unfiltered journey into the world of entrepreneurship. This is Business Unfiltered. Welcome back to Business Unfiltered. I am, of course, here with Jeff Sauer. It is Mercer, and we are talking about reinvesting in your business. So, Jeff, I'm going to put this one out to you first. So two questions. One, how do you define reinvesting? And two, and I'm actually really curious about this answer, how do you define the in your business part of this? I love it. Okay. So reinvesting to me is taking profit, money that's left over. And instead of putting it into your pocket, it's putting it back into the your business, right? And so I think that answers the second part about in your business. But ultimately, reinvesting in the business itself. So for example, it could be the exact business, it could be the holding company, it could be a new product line. And so for you know, my example is that I'm reinvesting the the money that's left over at the end of the day from the data-driven website into something called profit pillars. So I'm making a lot of reinvestments instead of putting it in my pocket and buying a Ferrari or something like that, maybe not even a Ferrari, but you know, buying something, I'm putting it into a new business and being my own self-funding for a business. So that's how I look at it is basically your self-funding from your profits, the next level of growth in your business. Basically, you're saying, I want to invest in the future, much like you might have had a venture capitalist invest in your business, or you might have had a, um, a family member doing a friends and family round or an angel investor, those types of things. How about you? Is that how you think about it as well? Or do you look at it differently? Yeah, for the most part, I think um, one is, and this could be another sort of aspect to this discussion, but it's not, I think in the beginning, uh, it may not always be profit, right? When yeah. when it's like, hey, you're starting something up new and you're like, oh, I'm going to invest a bunch of money in this. And then it's not quite working and it needs a little bit of more. How do you know if you really should reinvest or just cut it, right? Maybe maybe let it go. I think that's that's one thing to talk about. But But generally speaking, I think about it the same way you do, which is this is money that the business is generating. It's extra, right? So it should be going to the investors, assuming that you know reserves and everything else are, are taken care of for the company. Um, and instead of the investor, you know, getting that quote unquote sort of dividend from profits, they say, no, we're going to reinvest that, right? We're going to take our profits, we're going to reinvest them into business because the bet is we're going to get higher growth. Right. And then so I think about it like that. And then then it's from the business part of it is where are you investing? Right. And to your point, it could be in, you know, a product that you need to get. Uh, there could be tools you need to get some things to improve your process that you might have to go through. Uh, investing in people is a huge one. Right. When it comes to payroll, it's one of the largest expenses for most uh, smaller organizations uh, as a percentage of expenses. And so, you know, for me, it's it's that it's that twofold. It's like, let's say, which I think traditionally it is just sort of profit that would be reinvested. Um, if we decide to do that, how do I know where to put it, you know, for the, for the biggest payoff? So how are you, how are you making those decisions? Like, how do you look at this and say, Hey, instead of keeping this in my pocket, right? So I'm going to pay off my mortgage sooner. Uh, instead of doing that, I'm going to put it back in the business because I feel there's a better payoff, but how are you thinking about it as like, do you, do you think about it as an investor? I think a lot of mistakes that entrepreneurs make maybe is they don't, they're just like, Oh, whatever. I'm just going to put it back in the business because they keep hearing that over and over again. I'm going to put it back in the business. Um, and maybe they shouldn't sometimes. So do you have a process or something you think about to sort of, yeah, I think I've been all over the place on this one. And so I think I can provide a balanced perspective in it for a few people. One is that 
investing versus reinvesting, right? So reinvesting, I think, is profits because you're taking th- something and you're reinvesting. So I think that reinvesting to me is profits versus investing. It could be your own money. It, it's any type of investment. Now, by de- by my definition, I think that if you went to like Investopedia, it would have the same thing. It's like investing, the, the idea of investment is you're expecting a return on something. So you put money into something and expect a return. Right. I think that might be the exact definition or it's my definition. So like you said, you put money into hiring people, you expect a return on that. Now, the return is more money than you spent on it at some point. The only the only real variable there is the timeline and how good you are managing it through to completion. And so, yeah, I I make investments all the time, like, like hiring ahead of the revenue. Like I hired some I've hired a few roles where the money. I had enough money in the bank for three months of that role, but by the end of the third month, they needed to start carrying in their own weight or paying for themselves. Otherwise, I would be dipping it. I would I wouldn't have the money, right? So, so investing is something like that: hiring ahead of the curve versus hiring after the money's in the bank, right? Well, if you hire ahead of the curve, that's how you grow. Now, I've also been in the in the part where I didn't really want to reinvest in my business because I didn't know that investment would fuel that business model. So while I was in my five years of being a digital nomad, creating online courses, I wanted to take that money off the table because I wasn't really sure that I was going to be a long-term online course creator. I needed the money. I needed the cash to live. And I wanted that cash off the table because I didn't really, I really wanted to invest in my personal financial situation. So I'd have the stability. So then I could play another game, right? So a lot of people get fall into this trap forever though. Like you can do that for a long time. I know a lot of people who have really small agencies, people that I coach and they take all the money they can off the table and they wonder why some years they have 200 K years, some years it's a hundred case. And so, and it just sort of, it, it's up and down. They never actually burst through that barrier for them, that barrier of like a couple hundred thousand dollars. They never get through that barrier because they never reinvest in their business. They always take money off the table. Whereas if they had reinvested some of that money, like the extra, you know, if they'd need 100K to live on and they would have invested above that minimum living amount of money, like they would have invested that into hiring the next person during their good year, that person could then help them get the revenue to be much higher, right? So I think that to me, a lot of people don't reinvest because they don't really know they don't they don't know the unknown. They think there's a complication. They don't have an expected return in mind in it or they're not really thinking about it that way. They're actually thinking about this thing as a cash cow as opposed to being an investment. Um, and there's a huge difference between those things. And so I can definitely a, a little bit later I'd like to get into this whole idea of a cash cow and what that means, but I want to hand it over to you to say, you know, is it is it similar to you? Do you think about you know, do you have to have faith in your business to invest? Because I truly believe that you do. And then are there different milestones or ladders that you think of with faith where you're like, okay, now I'm ready to reinvest in your business? Because that definitely happened to me. And it took a while to get to that point longer than I'd like to admit. Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, I think a lot of us have that similar journey. Um, the One of the bigger mistakes I have made with this, because in the beginning, it's it's exactly like that. You're taking money off the table because you got to pay your own bills and it's more of a survival thing. But once once that's there, I'm investing, I'm reinvesting my business specifically like reserve accounts to make sure the business has got, you know, plenty of access to funds if there's that rainy day, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I always reference it as that, that Black Swan event. It was a great book called The Black Swan um, that was written to basically say, well, listen, when you're, when you're developing a system, you've got to account for these rare events, these mutations in nature 
you know, like black swans. Occasionally there is a swan that's born black, right? And it, and it's that's just what happens. It's not the the common thing, but it but it is an uncommon and yet statistically certain that it's going to happen. You just don't know when. So I try to invest in when I'm reinvesting my business for reserves, I'm trying to invest, it was to your word, that stability. But it's for the stability of the business, right? Without necessarily having me fund it. So the business can stand on its own. So I, I do a lot of that. Um, I think the the place where I've gone wrong on this is where I've invested in uh, payroll, right? Invested in people. And where I was, especially as you get a little bigger, I think you have a tendency to kind of go like, okay, uh, let's just hire this. You know, it's kind of goes back to that old Dan Sullivan thing, the who, not how, right? Well, let's go hire somebody who does this job and they can take care of it, right? But at a certain point, I'm getting more and more specialized by bringing these people in. They're not necessarily, it's not necessarily a skill set I have. So I, you know, you you can invest in them and they promise everything, which of course everybody does, right? I mean, we do the same thing for our clients. Like everybody's, you know, awesome. Um, but at a certain point, I didn't, what I didn't do, and this is the mistake I made, when I, in, when I was investing in that, right? Reinvesting, taking profits I otherwise would have had uh, or reserves that would have gone to the reserve account or whatever it was for, but instead redirecting that uh, reinvestment into people was making sure that I had a timeline of what the results are. How do I know this is going to work? Right. Some of them faster than others. I could tell it wasn't going to work. And I sort of naturally, you know, ended those relationships, but others, you know, can go on way too long, way, way, way yeah. too long um, because you don't have that objective kind of like, you know, when's the best time to, to create your divorce agreement right before you, everybody gets married. Right. Just yes. when, when do you do your partner agreement? It's right before you guys become partners. Right. And you think about all the nastiness and all the bad things that can happen. And everyone talks about that stuff when the when everyone's sober. Right. There's no, no yeah. emotion. You know, it's not bad. And it's everyone's happy with each other. You know, so and, and that's the best time to talk about the, the difficult things. So I think that's what I didn't do and that I am doing my best to you know, learn and slash relearn that lesson. Cause I'm sure I've taught it to myself before too and ignored it. Uh, or maybe I'm just ready for the higher level of the lesson. But the idea is that now I have a, a, a forecast of, okay, this investment in this person should pay off by this period of time. Here's what I mean by paid off, right? Making yep. sure payoff, I should say, making sure, okay, here's, here's what this person should be generating or the new revenue I should have by this point. And then obviously defining the time. And then if it's not there, just having the faith in yourself, to be like, this is the deal you made with you as the investor who is going to invest. And I think about it from that role as best I can because it helps me emotionally separate because the manager in me wants to believe in the person, right? We've talked about this before. Like I have this like 110% role where I'm always seeing somebody slightly better than they are. Um, and I'm always talking to that extra 10% of them to, to get them to stretch. So I always have faith in people that they can solve this thing. But that can, what helps me as a manager hurts the investor because the investor is mm -hmm. going, why are you letting this person stay stick around? Right. Um, so I, I try to think about it from the investor role as much as possible because then I can have a conversation. This is, I, I realize a very schizophrenic way of looking at the world, but I, but I have this conversation in my head. So between the investor role of my psyche, right. And the manager role that I play and have those two have that conversation where the investor is going to the manager, like, listen, you got to solve this problem because you are, I can know, I'm not going to keep investing in this person. Yeah. You've got to either have them perform or, you know, move them on to something that's going to be a better fit for everybody, you know? Yeah. Um, so, so that would be the one mistake, you know, it's just to summarize that is not having before the investment, right, is made where I'm now emotionally stuck into it, kind of like buying a stock, you don't want to buy it and then it goes down because then you emotionally get invested sometimes. But it's like, you know, it's sign of a not a great trader when you're emotional, right? So you want to stay real logical. And part of the way, part of the way I'm trying to do that is by 
making this plan ahead of time. Here's what the results yeah. should be. Here's when I should have the results. If I don't have these results, here are the actions I'm going to take. Kind of like a contract to self, you know, um, to, to keep those in check without them going crazy. Because I've made that mistake. I've invested way, way too much in payroll for way too long. And that was, a, it, was a, it was an error, but it was a hindsight error, right? I, could, yeah. I can easily look back in 2020 hindsight, be like, oh, this is where you went wrong. But at the time, it was always like, well, if I just manage it like this or try it like that, or maybe I can have this conversation or buy this training for them or whatever the thing is, doesn't always work. Sometimes it does, but not yeah. always. Oh yeah, I, I, oh man, I sunk so much money into trying to 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 fix something with with somebody um, not that long ago, and it was it was bad, really bad. Um, and it's funny you made me think of something. You know, now I'm getting triggered a little bit because I even got a coach for them. I got a consultant to see if I could train them up. I just really wanted this person to succeed, but it just just wasn't happening. Um, and I finally got a new coach. who's like, fire this person. I won't work with you unless, unless this person is reduced in their role or gone. Right. And, and, and was like, you got to do it. Otherwise you can't even do a meeting with me. Right now. So, yeah. so investments are funny. Cause like sometimes investments, like the reason why I didn't like, I want to, I want to at least justify why I didn't let go of that person because they were inexpensive compared to the market and they were affordable. And so to me, it was a, it was almost like a, like a negative investment where I could like, I didn't have, like, I was still profitable with this person and the next level of growth would have been twice as expensive to hire that person. And I would needed to make more revenue. So I, I actually like, I'm not sure if there's a term for it, but it was like a negative investment where I was still profitable. So I was, I was under investing in order to be profitable versus investing with an expected return. Now, this is fu the funny thing is like you think of like a like a hedge fund or a, um, you know, a hedge fund or a private equity company. That's actually what they do. They invest money into something, but then they take money out of it. They, they strip down the operating costs in order to make it more profitable. So like there, there is a, there is something to be where taking your expenses lower is an, an investment strategy and it actually works right. really, really well for private equity. That's why they make so much money. They take two companies, they merge them together, they strip out half the operating costs and they sell it for more money. So that is a form of investor is lowering expenses. We often think of it as like making more money though, right? Um, but you, you know, you also said another thing on there that I really liked, which is you said who not how by Dan Sullivan, that that's an investment mindset right there, right? So instead of instead of spending money, figuring out or instead of wasting time for the how, you're fi figuring out the who you're investing in the who who can get you there faster. And that's, that's usually the sign of somebody who really is evolutionary in their business and somebody who's going somewhere when they realize that how is is also not an investment, how figuring out how to do it yourself is is not always a, an, an investment when you're trying to go somewhere. Um, it's not always the, the best investment to make. And you also touched on the timeline, like what is the timeline for return of this? I think that's really important as well, is that, you know, some investments are long term, some are five year investments, some are first year investments. And I think that um, pretty much anytime you spend money, you should you should bucket it or decide where is that going to be paying off, right? Um, one of the things that I do for for the people that I coach is I give them a five year spreadsheet and I help them figure out what five years would look like of investment and how it impacts your business. So they can say you hire that management resource, you're going to, you're going to lose profit that month, but then it, by, by, by month number three, it, it, it shows up again on your, on your statement and your company valuation goes up. So you can make an investment where your net profit goes down, but then your company's valuation and your annual revenue run rate goes up. So like you can, you can, you can do spreadsheets and do math to give you confidence in, in working on something. Cause I think a lot of times 
it timeline is really important. Um, I was going to tell you, like, I don't know if you've ever seen the Boston Consulting Group Matrix. I would encourage everybody that's on this to just Google it, Boston Consulting Group Matrix, and it's like a, it's an image search. And there's four quadrants in there, and and the top one is is relative market share, low and high, and the bottom one is um, the bottom one is growth, high and low. Right. And so something that's growing really fast and has high market share, they call it a star. I call it a shooting star. Right. Because it's like you, you want to put as much money into that thing as you can. The industry is growing, so it's going to support you. There's all kinds of value in going after your shooting stars. Then there's the cash cow, which is something that's not growing very fast, but it's making you a lot of money. You don't want to invest in that at all. So like that's sort of the idea of under underfunding something don't invest in marketing it don't invest in doing anything just just take the cash just just milk the cash cow and they have this other one that's called a question mark and the question mark is basically hey it's not really growing that fast right now but we believe it's the future that's something that's more of like your research and development things that you might want to focus on in the future right so if you're talking about reinvesting in your business you only want to you only want to invest or reinvest in the stars and the question marks that's the only place you should spend money don't spend it on your pet projects, which is the lower lower right quadrant, and don't spend it on your cash cows because a cash cow is meant to generate cash, not to spend cash. And so that helps me really understand where we're looking at. So when you're investing in your business, you want to invest in things that have traction, your stars, and things that you think are going to be the future, which is your research and development. And then as far as allocation goes, I'm about 80% to stars, 20% to R&D. And that corresponds with what we were saying earlier, 20% time um, of in our in our time tracking episode, which we just, the last one we just had. Um, also, 20% time was a Google thing, right? That was the Google revolutionary thing where 20% of their time they could work on, on the future. And that was what led to Gmail. That's what led to Google Maps. That's what led to a lot of the products we use today were 20% time projects. Those are the question marks that become your stars later on. Google's probably the best example of a company that's done that. Like they're amazing at basically knowing where their next revenue lever is coming from through strategic acquisitions like YouTube, through putting the, the phone out there. Like they basically are like, hey, here's the next 20 years of things that are going to happen. People are going to watch video. They're going to need phones. They're going to be going crazy. They're going to be needing to get places. They're going to need a personal assistant. Let's invest in those areas. So a um, little bit of a rant there, but yeah. So, so invest in your stars and your question marks and, and you'll go far. Over investing in things that don't really have the payoff is is definitely the 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 fastest way to lose the money, right? And so it can be with your people. Like invest in your stars, invest in training for your star employees, right? If a if an employee you think has the ability to go into it, they're an air they're an A player, they pass the interview, but they don't have the skills there. You want to invest in them. But if it's somebody who's a clock puncher who's just going through and they're they're just going through the motions. Don't, don't get them training. Just see, just let that thing naturally take its course, right? Don't try to make it any better or worse. Just use it as a way to generate cash in your business. So have you ever seen that matrix before? Does that resonate with you? I, I have, I, I didn't recognize it by name, um, but it's been around for a while. So when, mm -hmm. you were, when I was pulling it up, I was like, oh yeah, I remember seeing this um, back in the day. And it makes, a, it makes a ton of sense. I think the other thing um, that, you know, mentioning in terms of reinvestment is, is where to reinvest your time. And it goes back to what you were talking about. Like maybe it's investing your time. Like not everybody's got the extra profits in the beginning. Um, but there's investing, where do you reinvest your time in a different way? So sometimes it's okay. I hired this person to get a certain result. 
you know, again, maybe you didn't do a, the greatest of job of defining that ahead of time. So let's invest the time. Are we getting that result? Let's go look at the situation. Is there another way I could be getting this result? Is there another way they could be getting this result? Because especially with AI, things are changing very rapidly. And what used to be just 100% human driven doesn't have to be anymore. And yet there's a lot of legacy architecture out there, right? And so kind of explaining this thing, I think a different way, there's a lot of people who know how to drive a horse and buggy. Um, but everything's switching to cars, right? And they're just using horse and buggy because everyone else around them is too right now, but they're not necessarily taking advantage of the newest technology of a car. Mm -hmm. And so it's, can we get them to drive cars now? Maybe I got to reinvest some money to get them training to be able to take advantage of these new products. And if they don't do that, if they decide, yeah, you know what? I'm just more comfortable with horse and buggy. That's okay. But they have to either be downgraded in the company because they're not going to be as useful or, you know, they get moved on to some other company that, that needs that right? Um, particular skill set. There's always a place for somebody. So I think, you know, I look at it too as reinvesting that. The other thing is just in your expenses, right? As a benefit of that, because you mentioned it, was you can find sort of if you're not, because the whole idea is reinvesting is, is so that I can get more revenue growth, right? Or profit growth, ideally profit, you know, it's kind of what we're managing toward. Um, but if, if we can't get it through reinvesting into another product or a person or something like that, maybe we can reinvest our time to look at our expenses to your point and say, hey, this expense seems crazy. We're spending this $500 a month on this subscription product for the last four years. No one's used it, right? Um, like, And that stuff happens all the time where it just ends up on a credit card and you sort of forget about it and it blends into the thousands of dollars that end up on that credit card anyway. It's much easier to manage that when you're smaller because you see everything, but you don't necessarily look at it the same way later. Well, reinvest some of your time to going back and doing that stuff so that you can find those obvious errors, you know, yeah. uh, and and then all those expenses that you're you're taking out essentially go to the pro to the profit uh, bottom line, you know, so you can get profitable, um, you know, maybe turn your business back into that cash cow if it's not currently there. So that's a, a couple of thoughts I was having just as you were talking about that. Yeah, I love it so much, you know, because the funny thing is, I I, I talk about this a lot in some of my in some of my coaching. Not to always go back to coaching, but I love coaching just in general because it gives you tens of tons of perspectives, right? You can see everybody's perspective, but reinvesting time into working on your business is one of the best investments you can ever make. So, you know, the, the whole idea of working on your business versus in your business, in your business is delivering to your clients, delivering product, that type of stuff. And, and working on your businesses, working on the external, it's, it's working on the frameworks and the structure to get things going. Working on your business is a form of investment that is actually a better investment, a better return than almost anything you can do. You know, so finding a way to not have to be working on solving fires and, and putting up problem, you know, putting up fires and solving problems is it's addicting to, to put up fires and to solve problems because that's how you feel useful early on. But later on, it doesn't serve you very well at all. It's it's chaotic, right? Versus spending time to focus on on important things is huge. Like I, I went off the grid two weeks ago to a tiny house, this company called Getaway. It's like a startup. And I sat in a tiny house and I just worked on my business. I had I did back of the napkin math. Like how should I allocate the team? How should I allocate resources between the two different business lines that I've opened up? Do I want to separate my books so I have holding company? business line, business line, business line. Do, I, do they all need to be different yep. LLCs? Do I have to have an, a certain accountant to make that work? Like, how do I structure this thing to serve me well? What do I need to do with my bookkeeper in order to make sure that I can report on these things at an individual level? Is that overkill for where the business is or will it make things run more smoothly? Um, how do I do my own time audit 
you know, to make sure that I'm spending my time well? How do I make sure that I get the, to do this once a quarter? I actually came up with this framework I call the six by one, which I'm not going to get into now. Maybe we can do an episode on it, but it's just like, how do you, how do you get freedom in your business? And it's basically six different things you can do. Um, it's like one day a week for working on your business, one week a month for um, not working on client projects or not working on your core thing. And then um, one week a quarter where you're on vacation, one week a quarter where you're um, working on, on big business problems. And then the last one is, um, getting your team together once a year in person so you can get the big ideas out there. So just doing some planning, I guess I did get into it. Sorry, Mercer, but that's like my, what I, that, like those I are things that, that I think you can yeah. do to really reinvest in your business. And that is the cheapest thing you can do because right. you're, you're reinvesting an opportunity cost versus a hard cost. If you own your business or if you're in business with a partner or you have this level of, of, of input that that is reinvesting in a way that doesn't cost you anything. And so no matter where you are, whether you're the, you're a one person shop or you're a CEO of a million person company, I don't even know if one of those exists, time is actually the cheapest investment you can make, but yet nobody ever really does it. It's like the complete opposite. People invest all their time in something that doesn't actually move the business forward. So I think time is the ultimate investment hack. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. It's it's the thing that you 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 feel like you have plenty of all the time, so you devalue it, right? <laughs> Whereas yeah. you spend a dollar on something, you want to know what happened to that dollar. It's just it just sort of naturally um, gets back to that point. I think as as we go into um, some final thoughts, I definitely want to kind of get your you know sort of final thoughts on this topic. You know, we've we've talked about the idea that investment can be from profits that are coming in, obviously from the initial investments, but this reinvesting is either from profits or it's from time potentially that has been freed up that you, you know, instead of watching Netflix during the day, now you can reinvest in a different role in your organization or put more energy into a different uh, role of an organization for your business. Um, I think being able to use that to re, especially now, um, and I'll probably always be saying this, I guess, because, you know, the only constant in in life has changed, but that idea that things are changing so rapidly and especially in the digital world of how we get stuff done, um, specifically because of AI and all these different tools, you know, going to different mastermind groups, like maybe that's an idea to spend your time there. That's how you reinvest in your business is to your point by getting out and going to a group where a bunch of other people are working on their businesses. And maybe they have some other tools that they found that solves problems for them. Right? And take something that used to take you know, might even take you an entire team member to get stuff done that now isn't, you know, as an example, uh, transcriptions, you know, like it used to be that video transcriptions had to be done by hand. You had to pay rev.com, you know, came yeah. around and you, and you were paying rev. I haven't thought about rev.com in forever <laughs> at this point because everything is automated now. Yeah. Everything's got transcriptions. So, you know, it's not perfect, but it's 80% there and that's, and then you use AI to clean it up and it's done. Um, so, you know, with maybe a little bit of human touch for some jargon stuff, but it's, it's substantially different. And if we didn't take the time to reinvest our time into looking at the results we were getting and going, is this still the best way to get this result? We would still be paying ref.com. It'd still be an expense. It'd still be an older rate doing it. It'd still take long. It would take longer than it currently needs to. Yeah. You know, so I think that the, that there are a lot of simple things that people can do when it comes to reinvesting in their business. It doesn't always require money. And sometimes the biggest payoffs are from where you're spending your time. Um, yeah. And that higher level, you know, to your point, getting out in the tiny home somewhere in the middle of the woods, I do the same thing, trying to get out where I just have that vacation of one, where I just have no distractions and could just think, right? Um, without the day-to-day, -day, you know, being pinged in Slack all the time. And it really does help. 
Um, yeah. So that's that's certainly how they've done it. So any other f- sort of final thoughts before uh, I wrap this up for us here? No, I, I love what you're talking about. And and just, yeah, just taking the time to focus on it. Most people don't do that. So that's, that's an easy thing you can do right away, no matter where you are. Um, you know, I, I, there's a saying that I heard somewhere. I don't, I actually can't find it on the internet, so I'm not going to claim that it's mine, but it's when you first start out, you exchange time for money, like freelancing, whatever it is, um, employee it's you're exchanging your time for money. Time is a more scarce resource than money though. Um, then you eventually exchange money for time. So you give your money for other people's time. That's when you're an employer or you bring people in. And then the next level is exchanging money for money, <laughs> which is really interesting. Um, money for money. So you you leverage your money. And, and that's where leverage ends up happening is that lever- money can buy a lot of time from a lot of people. Now, that's not the only way to look at the world, but that's that's one way to think about it. Now, you actually said something that made me sort of backtrack from that a little bit as I was thinking it. And that is just that, you know, um, Things like AI, if you didn't have a pulse on how much time it takes to do something, you might not have realized that AI is worth it or that it's important, right? Like my my team member, I have a team member now who's like using AI to do the reviews that I was doing for him. He, he trained Claude to do reviews and, and Claude is spitting back feedback like what I had. And so it's like amazing because we're getting that right away. So he, he realized the time suck of having to have me review it and we've just got it better. If we didn't address that, if I wasn't hands-on, we never would have solved that problem. So you do have to be in the in the weeds a little bit, in the trenches in order to get things going. You just have to balance those things. And I think that the balance is that you have a balance, not that you're on one side or the other, right? So you can't only work on your business. You can't only work in your business. You need to have that up and down and you can allocate accordingly your time, right? So I think that sometimes it comes down to Again, we've already talked about time management and everything, but reinvesting in your business, it comes down to time and money. You expect some kind of return. You just need to know what the timeline is to get there. I love that. I love that. Well, thank you for that, uh, Jeff Sauer, with his final thoughts. And and obviously, you know, when, when you're listening to this, part of the part of the reason we do this is one, just so that Jeff and I can kind of share our own entrepreneurial PTSD as we are going through our own journeys, uh, which is fantastic. And we get to relive. And and honestly, Jeff, I I, you know, a lot of the stuff you've been going through, and especially the stuff you were doing at that tiny home, I'm like, oh my God, I'm doing the same thing in the last few weeks. It's amazing. Just sort of like how we're in tune with each other, you know, even though we didn't have conversations about that. Um, but I love that. So again, as a, as a listener, when you're listening to this, if I'm, if I'm listening to this, I would try to do, okay, Hey, here's some things I got to take down for my own business that I can take some actions on and maybe go talk to others about what they're doing. Cause Jeff and I aren't always the, the ultimate source on this stuff. Obviously we're going to others too, constantly talking about it, um, as we share it with you and, and with ourselves here. So take action on something, talk with others about it, share the podcast with what you've learned, make it a skill, right? Take some action. Cause even reinvesting just 30 to 40 seconds after this is over, Uh, will help you to actually build it as a skill. And with that, thank you again for listening to Business Unfiltered. We'll see you on the next episode. And that's a wrap for today's episode of Business Unfiltered with your hosts, Mercer and Jeff Sauer. Be sure to subscribe, leave us a review, and tell a friend what you've learned today. Want to connect? Visit us at businessunfiltered.fm. This has been Business Unfiltered. Always unapologetically honest.